for those people watching online today. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, we said it, I think, last week or two weeks ago. If you are uh, on social media, Instagram or Facebook, uh, please get the word out. Our Facebook had been hacked, uh, the churches, that is. Uh, Janie and I don't do Facebook, but uh, Facebook HKY is our new account. If you'd like to get on a favorite, like it, and then pass it with your people in your sphere of influence uh, so that we can get some of the viewers back just to get the word out. So praise God. And if you're watching today on Facebook or on our live stream, uh, please tell your uh, friends and family as well. We're uh, in the second part of a two-part mental wellness. We talked last week just about depression. We talked about anxiety and those type of things. And so uh, this week, we're going to talk more about the mental wellness part, some things that maybe we can do that we look at. We're going to look at Abraham today, some things the Lord took him through that I think shows us spiritual growth. And so where we normally would start off with a text, that's kind of my, uh, my deal. I like to start off with a text, go to the Word. We're going to read some text uh, throughout this uh, scripture today. Uh, but if you're a note taker, if you got a phone, you may want to you may want to jot some of these things down because I think they're going to be lifelong deals. There'll, there'll be some experiences here. There'll be some exercises here that Abraham walks through that aren't just for Abraham. They're for us as well. And so it's important for our mental wellness to understand uh, what other people are going through. And then it's part of a spiritual maturity. Uh, I think sometimes in in Christ we kind of stop at the blessing part. Bless me, God. Bless me this. Bless me that. And we don't really realize there's a, there's a certain depth there, a deeper depth uh, to walking in Christ that really shows us and allows us. And Abraham takes us through that today. So we're still mental wellness. And then next week, we're gonna, we'll, we'll do a, a standalone on Father's Day. And then we're going to start praying psalms and learning some things from the psalms, okay? Again, that was another hot topic that we learned last December from from our group was uh, mental wellness was one, prayer was one, the Holy Spirit was one. So we're trying to tackle those this year uh, as we get into summer and then into fall. So uh, we're, we're looking at Abraham today. And Abraham is the father of faith. He's the, the father of several different uh, religious groups. He didn't birth them, but different entities come out of them and everything trails back to Abraham and he was a warrior and we we pick up Abraham when he's 75 years old okay this is the first time we really know who he is uh, and he's from the east his family is of the richest of the east and he's got a long family and they're successful and so God approaches him one day and I'll give you some words okay that four things that uh, Abraham had to surrender, but then a word attached to it that I think we can learn from. The first thing Abraham had to surrender was his family, and the word that attached to him is go. And so sometimes God wants us to, to do this whole go thing, all right? And, and, we, and we're, we're a little nervous. We're, we're not sure, like, uh, I'm supposed to go, but, but look at it this way. If you're kind of new in Christ, it starts our walk with Christ, the going started, this started Abraham's walk with God, where he started to walk things out. Let's go to Genesis 12. We're going to read uh, 1, 2, 3, and 4. Uh, now the Lord uh, said to Abram, go from your country, there's the word there, go, and from your kindred and from your father's house to the land that I will first show you. 
and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors or curses you, I will curse them, and you and all the families of the earth will be blessed. And then verse number four is pretty critical. It says, so Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Let's pray, Father, for a minute. Father, we just pray right now that you open our minds, our hearts, our ears, our spirit, Lord, to hear and receive everything you have for us today. Thank you in advance. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So the word there is go. And I got an exclamation mark there because that's what God wants us to do. Uh, Abraham here is starting a lifelong relationship with God. And he does it by, by going. But he goes it in, in almost a walk-along. If you look at it in today's vernacular, it would be like taking a walk with Jesus. Jesus wants to take a walk with us. And if you look at Abram here before his name is changed to Abraham, there's no pre-qualifications. It's not because he is anything. It's not because he's done anything. It's God just calls him. And that's our uh, situation as believers, okay? If we're a believer, God took us just the way we are. And then as a church, we need to take others just the way they are. We need to accept people the way they are so that they can start this journey along with us to know how God operates. And you know the seven blessings that God promises Abraham. We've talked about it before. Let me read them to you one more time. These are the blessings God tells Abraham. You'll be a great nation. You will be blessed. Your name will be great. You will be a blessing to other people. Your Others will be blessed because of you and others will be cursed because of you. And then he says, all families of the earth will be blessed. This is important to understand. He tells them to go, and then there's a qualifier. In other words, there's kind of a benefit there. He says, and I will show you. So if you're taking notes, write the word go, and then says, God will show. I will show you. This is important because as we start our walk with Jesus Christ, as we become a Christ follower, and this could be true if you've been a follower for 30 years or 40 years. I'll show this as we, as we walk through this today. If you've been a follower all your life and you're going in Christ, he will show you things. They'll give you, he'll give you a spirit of discernment. He'll give you a spirit of encouragement. He'll give you a spirit of energy. He'll give you a spirit of life. He'll give you a spirit of value. He'll start to show you things that you can walk through. And as you start to see things, he'll, you start to pick up on things and Maybe it becomes uh, uh, experience. You see things that have taken place in a younger person or uh, another person that you can say, man, I, I remember when I was there. And God leads us through things so that we can help others get through things, okay? Not so we can shun people that are hurting, but so that we can help people that might be hurting. Can you say amen? This is important because a lot of times the church is really good about kicking people when they're down rather than helping people get back up, okay? And so he tells Abram to go because he has a plan for his life. He wants to bless. Not only does he want to bless uh, Abram and all his family, he wants to bless all of us, you know, 4,500 years later. He has a blessing, and your blessing goes all the way back to God's promises. God's promise, Paul says, are all what? Yes and amen. Yes, I agree. Amen. Be it unto me according to your word. That's what it, yes and amen. Yes, I agree. Amen. Be it unto me according to your word. So we say yes and amen to the promises that God has in the scripture. Over 3,000 promises, they're yours, okay? Now, we may have to go. 
What are, we, what are we going from? We're not going at this point in time. We're not going from anything necessarily. We're just starting a journey with God. We're starting a journey with God through Christ Jesus that we can walk this thing out. And we should be growing in our spirituality daily. You can get filled with the Holy Spirit daily. So we should be growing with the we should be growing with the Holy Spirit and with our walk with God daily. Our relationship may change over years. At first, if you look at a relationship, it's yeah, you enjoy each other's company, or maybe you want to be with that person, and then you start to see different things in that person, and you grow through that because there's a, a love relationship there. This is the same uh, true with God. There's there's a going there. Okay, we're going with God and we're walking with God, and so we would call this the salvation stage. If we were in Christ today, this is the salvation stage. This is God saying, hey, go become a new creature in Christ Jesus. This is my salvation. So if we're relating it to modern day Abrams or modern day Abrahams, this is what we'd call salvation. The second word then would be land or leave, okay? So he had to surrender his family, all right? And then he had to surrender his land, and then he had to leave. And the scripture is really clear on this. The when when it, let's go back to verse four for a second, uh, twelve four, and he says, "So Abraham went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abraham was seventy five years old." If we read that, we just read it, all right? But there's a key verse there, and it says, "And Lot went with him." Now Lot wasn't invited. Abraham wasn't told by God, "You and Lot go." Abram was told by God, you go. And all of a sudden, Lot is coming. So Lot might be a security blanket. Lot might be something that, and all of a sudden, in, in Lot's life, then there becomes a lot of strife. Now let's go to chapter 13 for a second, and we'll kind of wrap this thing around. Then Abram said to Lot, let there be no strife between you and me, and between your herdsmen and my herdsmen, for we are kinsmen. All right, so now all of a sudden, Lot, who wasn't invited, is going with Abram, soon to be Abraham, and, and he's causing strife, and his people are causing strife, and Abram's trying to be the, the bigger of the two, and he's going to try to make some amends. So he says, is not, Abram says, is not the whole land before you? Separate yourself from me. And so this is the leaving part. So now we're going, all right? We're going, we're, we're starting this journey with Jesus, but he wants us to leave some things behind. Maybe it's an addiction, uh, maybe it's an attitude. Maybe it's a thought process. We're talking about mental wellness. So maybe we become new creatures in Christ. There's got to be a renewing of the mind, like Paul says. Think about Paul for a second. Paul had to renew everything. Paul was educated beyond belief. He was like our scholars up here, sharp as can be, smarter than smart. And yet Jesus had to reform him and humble him before the Lord. And so uh, uh, we have to separate or leave ourselves sometimes from the old person. The old, that was the old man. And, and you have to know this, okay? Uh, uh, Augustus, St. Augustus of Hippo gave his heart to the Lord at 384 A.D., formulated the new church. He, he didn't understand it, but he started to love God. He started to live for God. He started to, he, and he changed a whole nation. And this is what the, the very thing that he's most famous for. He said this, listen, he said, every saint has a past, but every sinner has a future. Now think about that for a moment. Think, just think about it. Let that resonate. 
Sometimes we have to leave things in the past, but we have to remember too, others are in the process of leaving things in the past. There's a separation, and he says, you have to separate yourself from me. If you will take the left hand, left hand, then I will go to the right. If you'll take the right, then I'll go to the left. And then we jump over to verse 14. And by the way, I want to show you something. When God says go, he says, I will show you, right? We wrote that down. I will show you. Now look at this. And then the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated, after he left that thing, after he got rid of it, after he got a new mindset, after his mental wellness started to kick in, and he said, oh, wait, I'm a new creature in Christ. I don't have to act that way anymore. After he separated him, he says, lift up your eyes from the place you are. He became a stargazer. Now God started to show him things, and he says, look northward, southward, eastward, westward, and then he says, for all the land that you see, I will give you. So when he said, go, our first salvation, when he said, go, I'm going to show you. Now it's talking about leaving deliverance. This will be the deliverance stage. Now I'm being delivered. Now I will give you. And not only you, but to your offspring forever. The things that we get delivered from, all right, they're not only good for us. They're good for our kids, for our grandbabies, for our grandbabies' grandbabies. We're starting a lineage. We're starting a line here. We're starting an inheritance that where God says, wait, I want you to leave, okay? You need to leave your lots. There's a, there might be a lot in your life that you need to leave. It may be an attitude. It may be a sin. It may be an addiction. It may be, it may be something that you have just done your whole life. It's become a habit. God may say, you just need to leave that. But if you leave that, not only will I show you, now I'm going to give you. And because I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you those promises. And all of God's promises are yes, and they're amen, and they're, they're valuable, and we can walk in that. And so we learn there, here that now, now he's shown me, now he's given me. And we should never serve the Lord for what he, what he will give us. We should always serve him for what he's already given us, and that's salvation. All right? But he also wants to give you healing. He wants you to get deliverance. He wants to give you uh, blessing. He wants, to give you, he wants to give you friendship and community. He wants to give you all these things. But there's sometimes there's things we have to leave behind. And sometimes when we walk in Christ, you might outgrow uh, a friend. You might outgrow even a family member. That doesn't mean you have to leave them. You might just have to leave that attitude so that you can grow in Christ. As you grow in Christ, then you maybe, maybe you come back and get them. But Abraham had to leave Lot. One, one reason was because Lot wasn't invited. Second reason was because Lot held him back. Lot was like that thorn in the side. Lot always, they brought strife about land. He brought strife about cattle. He brought strife about friendship. There's three or four things in Lot that he brought strife on. And finally, God told Abraham, hey, just, you got to separate yourself, man. It's time for you not to be, the, this is part of the maturity. And so we're going as salvation and showing that the second part, the land where, where I have to leave, now it becomes a gift. God, if you're bold enough to step out and leave whatever God's telling you to leave, maybe it's attitude, maybe it's addiction, maybe it's sin, those things, he will give you his promises. He will give you that new start. He will give you that fresh beginning. He will give you that new mind. He will give you those things. And then, the, and then Abraham had to surrender his riches. He had to obey. 
And that's the third word that we're going to talk about today. There's a part of obedience, and this is not a tithe-giving message, but I'm going to touch on it. Why is that? Because tithing is the tangible part of faith. It's, it's the thing that most people in the church, in the world, in America, hang on to the most. As if we have wealth, we have something. But God says either you own your wealth or your wealth owns you, okay? And so we can bring our tithe to the storehouse. Malachi said so that there be meat in mine house to prove me now herewith, says the Lord of hosts. If I'll not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it, how in the world can I do more on 90% than I can 100%? It's a spiritual phenomenon of God. It's part of obeying his promises, In fact, Samuel told Saul, obedience is better than sacrifice. You might want to sacrifice something and think you're doing good. I'm going to do this. And God just says, just obey me. Just just walk this through in obedience. In fact, we pick up in Genesis, the 14th chapter. And there's a priest called Melchizedek. He's also a king. In fact, he's a priest and a king that's very seldom in the Old Testament at all. And Melchizedek has no beginning. He has no end. He has no mother. He has no father. We just hear about Melchizedek. Now, he could be a type of Christ. Some theologians will say, well, he was Christ incarnate, and he's visiting Abraham here because of Abraham's uh, goodness in following God. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, which means peace, so king of peace, uh, brought out bread and wine. He was priest of God most high. This is so cool uh, on how this plays out. And he blessed him and said, blessed be Abram by God most high, a possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be God most high and who was, has delivered your enemies into your hand. And Abram gave him a tenth of everything. So he, just, he lays it out. I'm going to give you, now this is before the tithe. This is before the law. Uh, Jesus spoke of tithing. Be, uh, Old Testament speaks of tithing. New Testament, Jesus, Melchizedek, we're talking about Christ to Christ, talks about tithing. Again, not a tithing scripture, simply an obedient scripture of saying, if you want God's best, you need to be obedient. Why would Jesus say, love your neighbor as yourself? Because he knows it's better for you. We, we hear a lot about the right and the left. We hear a lot about this person and, and that person. And, and what you need to understand is you let those people, like, let the lots go. Let lots be lot. You just follow God and obey him. If you'll obey him, all right, if you'll walk in his obedience, God's blessing is for you. God's life is for you. In fact, chapter 15, verse 1, if you want to write that down, then God says, I will be your shield. I am your shield. So listen, he says, when you go, I'm going to show you, all right? And that's salvation. And then he says, if you leave, I'll give you. That's deliverance. And then he says, if you obey, I'm going to be your shield. That's true obedience, where we have complete 100% trust and faith in God. When we walk in 100% trust and faith, like we walk in faith, but do we really trust that God? Because God, you didn't work it out, so I'm a little mad at you. No, 100% faith is also 100% trust. And if I have 100% trust in God, then all I have to do is walk it out. I'm the soldier that's just taking step by step, walking out. I want to be obedient in Christ. Deuteronomy 8.18, Moses is written writing by the hand of God saying that you think it's your job that you've gotten this wealth. And he says, no, it's not. It's by God's will that you've gotten this wealth. 
Why? So that he could be glorified. So when we bring our tithe to the storehouse, right, we're glorifying God. Well, pastor, I can't make it. Gas prices are five fifty, and I ain't making that. And now it's $430 more a month for the average American to live because of inflation and all. I get it. I get it. I understand it. I, I shared it last week. Janie and I were married 40 years ago during that, when it was like, this is the worst time in 40 years. We were married 40 years. We, we lived through that. But I, I will tell you this, to the best of my knowledge, I've never missed a tithe. And God has always been faithful. Always been faithful. Again, this is not a tithing message. Well, it sure sounds like it. No, I'm trying to teach you how to get blessed. One person said, Pastor, I can't afford to tithe. And the pastor, not me, said, I can't afford not to tithe. Think about that for a moment. So why is it? Because it's our tangible. Now, I can pray and have faith. This way I can pray and show and have faith. It's my tangible evidence of saying, okay, God, I know that, I know that you're going to, I'm just going to be obedient. And listen, they, there, was, there was times where we, we didn't eat as well as we eat now, but we ate. There was times where family members had to help us out, but they helped us out. There were times where people, we didn't know where things were going to come up, but they came from. So listen to me as a mature believer. I can look back. My old prayer partner, Guy Best, super good guy. I was 23. He was 73, 50 years my senior. At his funeral, my father-in-law held up a check and said, Guy Best paid tithe right before he died. Now, how would you like to stand in judgment today? And I'm thinking, it's not the tithe. It's not the tithe. It's the obedience of saying, God, I have so much faith in you that even if I'm on my deathbed get, getting ready to go home, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring my tithe to the storehouse. That's what Abraham and Isaac were talking about, or uh, Melchizedek. That's what they were talking about. And Melchizedek said, I'm going to bless you, son. I'm going to be a shield. And we know a shield in Scripture is protection. We know a shield in Scripture, according to Psalms 5 and 12, is favor. We know a shield in Scripture is, is a shield of faith, according to Paul. So when we look at what this shield is, it's protection, it's favor, it's faith, it's, it's increase, it's those things that God, and all because he was obedient to God. All because he was obedient. Only reason. He walked it out. But pastor, what if things ain't working out? Just walk it out. Just stay faithful. But pastor, what if, any, what if gas prices hit $6 a gallon by the end of December? You just be obedient. We'll pray wisdom over you. Maybe don't take unnecessary trips. It'll, it, this too, listen, I can tell you because now I was one. David said, I was young and now I'm old. But I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor their seed begging for bread. I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor I've ever seen their seed breaking for bread. Mamas and daddies, if you love God and you're obedient, your kids are going to be okay. I can promise you that. As God is a God of his word, I can promise you that. Don't you worry. Your kids are going to be okay. If you walk it out in obedience, you're going to be okay too. Gas prices hit $22 a gallon, we'll just all buy bicycles. <laughs> and we'll get in better shape. 
See, all things work to the good of those that love the Lord. So then we're called according to his plans and purposes. Last word, number four, is, is worship. Hey, so Abraham has to surrender his family and go, his land and leave, his riches and obey. Now he's got to surrender his son and worship. You, you know the story, but we'll turn to it. Uh, uh, our next scripture out of Genesis 22 says, On the third day Abraham, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. Then Abraham said to his young son, young men, stay here on the donkey, with the donkey. I and the boy will go over and there, over there and worship and come again to you. So wait a second. Backstory. God tells Abraham, who's changed his name already, hey, you're going to have to go worship your son. Now, listen to this for a second. Abraham at this time had followed God for 38 years. 25 from 75 to, to 100 uh, while he was waiting on Isaac. Now Isaac's about 13 years old. So he served God for 38 years, and God says, I'm going to test my servant Abraham. This is what maturity is. You think, man, I've lived for God all my life. Now i got to deal with this? God is trying to mature you. God is trying to build you up to the person that he needs you to be so that you can, change, you can help challenge the next generation. Well, I didn't think I'd have to go through this stuff. Well, you, you have to. It's just, it's just part of it. All right, let's go on to the, the next two verses. And then in verse 7, we skipped one. And Isaac said to his father, Abraham, my father, he said, here am I, my son. And he said, behold, the fire and the wood, and, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And there's the key verse that you need to anchor your life on. Abraham said, God will provide Jehovah Jireh. The first time in Scripture that this is mentioned, and by the way, Abraham makes an altar. Not to sacrifice Isaac, he makes an altar to God, because God, you will provide. There's a statement of faith there that says, God, you will provide. Now, when you're down and out and things ain't looking good and nothing's happening and all of a sudden your life is a wreck, you need to make a stand and say, God will provide. Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh. My God will provide. It ain't the president, it ain't the mayor, it ain't the city council, it ain't your job, it ain't the jury, it's nobody else. God will provide. That's what he does. And Abraham said to Isaac, all this is here, but what, what a second. Well, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they both went, they both went them together. What does, that, what does that mean as the worship team comes back? It means that in your life, when we recognize, all right, first of all, I got to go. And, and then I've got to leave some of that junk behind. I gotta, I've got to start walking in maturity. I got to start being the person that I need to be. And then now I, I've got I've to obey God. Okay, I'm, it's, I'm, a, I'm in obedience. I'm, obe I'm, I'm going to be an obedient person. I, I've got to be obedient. Now I get to the point where now I can learn how to worship God. Because worship might be the only thing that I have. Now, I said a minute ago that Abraham had served God for 38 years, 25 years from 75 to 100 while he's waiting on Isaac, and then 13 years while he's, and he's serving God. He's, he's gone. He's left. He's obeyed. And God says, when, when the angel hold, held Abraham's arm from killing his only son, his beloved son Isaac, now I can trust you. 38 years of maturity did Abraham walk through? Now I can trust you. And there is somebody in this room today, there's somebody watching online, that you think 
your promise has been sacrificed. And God is simply saying it hasn't been. He can resurrect it. Because when Isaac said to the, to the boy and to the men left behind with the donkey, hey, the son and I are going where? They're going to worship. It wasn't, I got to go sacrifice my kid. It wasn't, I got to go sacrifice my job. Or I got to go sacrifice my marriage. Or I got to go sacrifice those things in my life. He says, no, I'm just going to go ahead and worship. Why don't you stand with me right where you're at? this house today. And if you're watching online, I suggest that you stand or raise your hands towards heaven if you're comfortable doing so. Why is that? Because sacrificial worship is the best kind of obedience. When the world is going to hell in a handbasket and you have no idea what's left on the other side, we know there's someone greater on the other, other side. Jesus Christ of Nazareth who cares about you. And Jehovah, the Lord is our provider, which means he brings provision, he brings the cure-all, he'll take care of you. And like David said, I was young, but now I'm old. I've never, ever seen the righteous forsaken. I've never, ever seen his seed begging for bread. It's in our worship, church. Where's provision? In our worship. Where's blessing? In our worship. Where's maturity? In our worship. Probably when we first give our hearts to the Lord, maybe we worship the worship. Maybe we like the lights. Maybe we like the, the backgrounds. Maybe we like the worship team, their great harmony and their great songs. And maybe, But it's really not in that. It's in being able just to go out into nature and throw your hands up and say, God, I love you for who you are. I love you for what you've created. I love you in spite of the way my life is right now. I still love you. I worship you no matter what because I want to walk in obedience. I want to walk in faithfulness. I want to walk in life. Hey, if you're comfortable, just raise your hands up. I want to pray for you. And I just want to challenge you in this next song as we speak Jesus' name just to call upon him for whatever you might have need of. But if God has challenged you to go and he's challenged you to leave and he's challenged you to obey, he's also challenged you to worship today which was the ultimate act of Abraham was to worship when others would have called it a sacrifice. Father, we call, we're called to worship. We're called to obey. We're called to leave and we're called to go. But right now, Father, we just want to worship you. No matter how things are, we want to worship you. No matter what situation we're in, we want to worship you. No matter what it looks like, if it looks bleak or it looks good, we want to worship you. Why? Because you are worthy to be praised and worshiped. So, Lord, would you receive the worship we lay out before you right now? Not for anybody else, Lord, but for you. In Jesus' name.
just take a moment and say his name. Just say Jesus. Jesus. I speak Jesus over my family right now. Over every circumstance, every situation, whether it be spiritually, physically, financially, emotionally, relationship. I just know there's power when I just say the name. Jesus. Calm. Every calm needs to happen. Every spirit of depression has to flee in the name of Jesus. Every power that you have given us is in that name. The name that is above every name. The name of Jesus. There's healing in your name over situations. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We declare your name, your peace, your joy, your love, your forgiveness, your restoration. to be worshiped. And I remember that moment where the Holy Spirit just came and it just like hovered. Like it was incredible. Just his presence like just dropped because that was the first act of their marriage was going to be worship. Very first thing. And um, I mean, it, Drew and Emily did it too. I mean, it was just, it's just, it's just, it's an amazing thing. And many of you have done it. But my thought is that just to remember that moment where you can say, I'm going to make my first act of the day, I'm going to make it worship. When my feet hit the floor, my heart is going to say, this is the day that the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice, and I'm going to be glad in it. No matter my circumstance, no matter where I got to do, all the million things I got to do, I'm going to take a moment and just say, this is the day you've made. And I'm going to rejoice, and I'm going to worship you today. And as I would send our children off to school, and I would always pray with them that that the Lord would just be with them and protect them. And that's what we've done up here. And, and I, I stress to them, and I believe they still do it over their children now, that everything they do and everything they say and every, everywhere they go, and they were created to worship. That's why they were born. You were born to worship. So you, your job in this life is not to become a millionaire. You go for it. I'm all for that. That'll be cool for us. I'll take it because I'm going to reciprocate. I'm going to receive that. I'm not reciprocating because I ain't got a million. But you do that. But the first order of your business, you were made to worship. And I think, I think they know that. And I think Pastor made it so clear. Our job, we were put on this world. We were put on this earth to bring honor and praise and glory to the King of Kings. He made you to worship. So it's an easy thing, right? I love worship. 
Because worship is an act of faith, it's an act of obedience. Saying, I may not feel it, but I'm going to worship. I'm going to bring my praise. And we raise our hands around here. Maybe y'all don't do that. You don't understand what are they doing. It's just an act of surrendering. That's all that is. We just surrender. It's like, you know, if someone came up and said, give me all you got, you know, your hands go up. And I'm just, we just kind of say, here we are, Lord. We surrender all. We're open hand saying, all we are is yours. We surrender everything. That's why we do that. If you were a first timer wondering why we do that, we're surrendering to him in our worship. So let me just pray for you. And before you go, I think there's a few more cookies out there. Um, Nancy, would you just wave at me? She's so shy. She is a culinary genius. That's what she does. This girl right here, she made all those cookies for our graduation. I mean, that's a lot of cookies. She makes them from scratch. She doesn't buy buy them like I would. I, I always say, people say, did you make that, Janie? Yes, I did. I made it possible. That's ching ching, drummer. You're not paying attention. Ching ching. He was late. There you go. I made it possible. He's a little slow, but that's all right. But she actually made them with real Ghirardelli chocolate M&M's. So have one as you go if you can get there first. But <laughs> don't run. <laughs> but again, to our high school and college, I know the middle schoolers might have already left, but can we give them one more hand and tell them how proud we are of them? Yay! Yay, yay. So proud of them. Father, we love you and we thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity that we've been given to worship. We thank you for the privilege that we have been given to worship you in every circumstance, whether we're on the mountain or we're in the valley. You are Jehovah Jireh and your provision will be seen in every circumstance we live in, we walk in. We just ask that everything we do, every breath that we take would bring you honor and praise and we would glorify you. We thank you for who you are, for what you are, for what you've done and for what you are about to do. We say, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You are good and we love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Love y'all so much. Have a blessed day. We'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing today. You can give at www.gracechurch.tv give or by downloading the app and select give. We can't wait to see you next week.